This is a Stand Up Labs production, powered by digital media. Samsonites, oh my God, do we have a good episode for you today. We're talking about the Panama Papers, a massive leak of offshore banking documents, a 2016 update like you wouldn't believe with a phenomenal, phenomenal Hillary Clinton clip and a lot more. Joey, how excited are you? Super excited. Stay tuned. The Mandatory Samson Podcast, coming to you live from Stand Up New York Labs in New York City. Hi, I'm Chris Flannery. I'm joined by Joseph Noe, being produced by Shelby. Also have Lily. Uh, Joey? Yes, Chris. Whoa, I am excited. Welcome to the program, everyone. Do we have a good one today? We are going to break down the Panama Papers in deep detail. What are the Panama Papers? They're proof, Joey. Okay. And we're going to get into it a little bit later in this program. We also have a can't-miss 2016 presidential update featuring Wisconsin primary results and a video clip of Hillary Clinton Uh that I've wanted to share with the Samsonites so badly for about a week that I almost killed myself. It's that fantastic. Oh, I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. It's, it's It's the best because it shows Hillary. It's like, oh, that's Hillary Clinton. Ooh, that's going to be good then. It's phenomenal. I can't wait to play it. We also have a series of quick hits. Climate, drones, and social progress. That's what we're getting into. Sounds exciting. It is exciting. How you doing there, Joey? I'm doing pretty good. Oh, it seems like you were going to say more there, but you just stopped. Yeah, I did. All right. Oh, you did it again. Well, because I'm afraid <laughs> to say it's tricky because you told me if I use it, overuse that word today, I'll be in trouble. Yeah, we're taught we're gonna get into the Panama Papers in one second. Here, here's what I want to say before we address your tricky shit. But I've been asking a lot of people, what do you know about the Panama Papers? Have you heard much about the Panama Papers all week? And surprisingly, people are like, yeah, yeah, I kind of heard about it, but I don't know too much about it. It's insane because it's. I'm gonna get into it. It's one of the biggest. Um, news, political, whatever, scandal things that's ever going to happen. And it seems crazy that's not really being covered much in in this country, certainly. probably a reason for that. Well, what do you think that reason is, Joey? That certain people don't want that information out in the public. Yeah, I guess. Um, All right. Well, and listen, and then, yeah, because we're going to get into it right now. You're talking about, because we don't have any time to waste here. We got to get into this whole thing. It's long. The 2016 update, substantial. Oh, wow. It's going to be good. You're, you keep saying tricky. It's yes. tricky. Let me say what it is first, okay. and then we'll get into it. The Panama Papers are an unprecedented leak of 2.6 terabytes of information, including more than 11.5 million documents obtained by German newspaper Süddeutsche Zeitung, I guess. I'm going to call it SZ for the rest of the show. That's, that's how they abbreviate it. Uh, leaked by an anonymous source that we don't know anything about right now. 2.6 terabytes of information 11 and a half million documents it's a library it's a goddamn library it's gigantic compared to any other like snowden the information that snowden leaked it pales in comparison in terms of size not it maybe not an impact but it's just a tremendous amount of information that comes out let me say this what is it actually about it is proof to me that there is a and we're gonna you know get into the details there is a cabal of global elites who stash and store money around the world to avoid paying taxes, depriving the vast majority of human beings what they're owed while wielding essentially unrivaled power and influence. We've been on this, Joey. This is what yes, we're we talking have. about. We're right, and we're on the right track, which I, which it's vindicating. It's exciting. Uh, it's proof. That's all it is. It's proof that there is this kind of like global network of wealthy, powerful people that hide their money away from the general population 
and rule from their iron thrones. That, that's really what's going on here. Okay. Do you have any names in particular that you want to go after? Yes, I have a list of names that have so far come out. Uh, now, again, it's 11 and a half million documents. Do you, it's crazy to me that this isn't more prevalent like why isn't this being talked about all the time it's I'm, crazy i'm pretty sure if some famous american's name pops up on it it'd be talked about a lot more yeah it's gonna cut co- it's coming yeah, because it's man documents there's got to be a few well like si- i know simon cowell's not american but he's a celebrity his name has come up stanley kubrick his name has come up it seems very like european middle eastern so far yes uh asian even um we'll we'll get into it but th- again it's 11 and a half million documents so it's going to take a little while to sift through all this information. And I got to believe that American banks are involved in this somehow. Yeah, definitely. There, there's no way they're not. I, I mean, I'd be shocked. The only reason is that it might be easier to hide your money in America if you're American. We'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. The documents leaked from the databases of the fourth largest offshore law firm, Mossack Fonseca, reveal so far the myriad ways rich elites shelter their money in offshore tax regimes and implicates 72 current and former heads of state. Ooh, that's a big number. Including, but not limited to, Russian President Vladimir Putin. Yay. He is not named directly in the papers. However, he's named indirectly through members of his family and his inner circle. Look, we're going to break it down pretty good here. I got clips that we're going to get into, some different quotes, Glenn Greenwald's thoughts on the whole thing. But it's it's a tremendous story. You guys are going to have to do a little... Re- go, go look for the Panama Papers. There's so many articles about it. You can dig in. You can get a lot of more information about how this stuff actually goes down. But it'd be too hard for us to really break it down to that level. So I'm just going to say, Putin's name doesn't come up, but a lot of his close family members, relatives, and it breaks down how Putin has two billion dollars in offshore deals and loans that he's been working on through like a network of like eight you know to ten of his friends and different banks all over the world and shell un- companies shell companies it's un fucking it's not unbelievable i was gonna say it's unfucking believable it's not it's believable that vladimir putin and some of these other people have these offshore bank accounts where they're sheltering money but like Two billion dollars. That's a gigantic <laughs> amount of money. Putin doesn't really own any of his own money. He just kind of has it hidden around the world, you know, through these shell companies, through his, his relatives and friends. A famous cellist or something in Russia that's his best friend. Yeah, Sergey. Sergey, what you got anything on that? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sergey uh Wadugan, or however you would say that. I, that sounded good. Thank you. Has apparently owned three shell companies, and the companies are oh, where is it? Okay. Senet Overseas, International Media Overseas, and Raytar. Okay. So, so virtually, he was named in charge of them. The companies are worth a hundred million, right. and a hundred, yeah, hundred million, and they were doing different things to accumulate wealth, such as the Iraq. No, no, no. Different like strategies that that a shell company would use, such as, but not limited to options, backdating, fake damages. Bogus consultation fees, right. high interest for small loans, mm-hmm. and loans that were apparently never paid. All right, of course. Well, I'm going to get into it a little bit later with the liabilities and assets thing, which is how a lot of this works out and how there's this guy, I forget his name right now, but I have it written down that we'll get into later, where he he explains it in his book um, about like the, the liabilities and assets are not one-to-one in the world, which doesn't make any sense. If all the countries in the world are working you know, in the same global economy, which we are, there should be the ability to, you know, if you break it all down to go to figure out dollar to dollar where all the money is. Because if I have, a, if I sell you a thousand dollar bond or something mm-hmm. and you're holding that bond, you have a thousand dollar asset and I have a $1,000 liability. Like it's direct. That's how it works. So that's, that's how it should work out in the world. But it turns out that's not the case. There's like trillions of missing dollars. And we're going to get into that a little bit later. All right. So, Here's some more names we have here. And believe me, there's going to be a lot more names coming out. Wouldn't it be fun if Donald Trump um, is involved in this somehow? You said you wouldn't mention him again. I didn't. I said I was considering a blackout. He really is not going to come up much in this episode. Very, very little. Okay. But I'm just saying, wouldn't that be impactful if somehow Donald Trump's money was tied up? Yes. I mean, I know he's done work around the world. China, Russia. He's always talking yes, about all these countries. it'd be a game changer. He's in the United Arab Emirates. We, we know that. That they're involved. So... Very just interesting. Wait, just okay. wait. Yeah, just this is a story that's just going to keep. I mean, I, I 
Can you tell I'm excited about it? It's Super exciting. excited. It's very exciting. This is a big news day for everybody. President of Argentina, Mauricio Macri, has come up in this thing. President of Ukraine, Petro Poroshenko, has come up. The king of Saudi Arabia, listen hmm. to this name, Salman bin Abdelaziz bin Abdelrahman El Sayed. He's involved. The United Arab Emirates President Khalifa bin Zayed bin Sultan Al Mayan. Okay. He's involved in this thing. So these are like oil rich, fucking wealthy royalty that that are doing this. But why would you have to? You have you have billions of dollars already at this point. Because they don't want to lose money in taxes. It just shows greediness. Greediness. It shows what we're always talking about. That it, there and it also strengthens Bernie's argument, which we're gonna get into in a little bit about the the wealthy having to pay their fair share. They're not. We pretend that they are, that they're paying these high taxes. Republicans are complaining that corporations get taxed too much. No, they don't. Clearly they don't because they're hiding all their money around the world and it's not going into the government or benefiting the being, the you know, the people that are the citizens of the countries where they are operating in. So clearly this is proof of that. Relatives of current and former heads of state include people in China, Africa, Spain, Egypt, Mexico, Syria, Iraq, Great Britain, David Cameron's relatives are involved, Sudan, Qatar, etc. You got to go look into it, people, but they, but Jesus Christ, the list just goes on and on. Iceland, the prime minister of Iceland, Sigmundur David Gunnelson, was forced to resign <laughs> following protests Tuesday amidst revelations that he and his wife owned an offshore firm with huge claims on Iceland's collapsed banks. When the banks in Iceland's collapsed, he created these offshore shell companies and bought up a lot of the assets. So when they got rebuilt, he was able to funnel a lot of the money offshore. You want to know how much he sold his 50% of stake to? Yes. To his wife, by the yes. way? He sold everything for a dollar. Yeah. A well, dollar. Well, sure. Yeah. Right. Fascinating stuff. And also interesting. It's interesting to watch Iceland, which is a very democratic country. Um, it took them two days. They were like, nope, you're out. <laughs> they got rid of their president like that, yeah, which gotta I got to respect that. Well, we don't have that in this country, but man, if you fuck up, yeah, bye. Well, you know, he just didn't tell anybody he had this. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. Well, and this is the thing that you were saying, like, it's very tricky. Like, yes. Yeah, it is very tricky, but legal is, is the problem in a lot of cases. They're not doing anything necessarily illegal, but it is certainly immoral. It's very questionable. We're going to get into that stuff in a minute. Meanwhile, in the United States, the Justice Department is examining links to Mossack Fonseca from within this country. I have a clip of the president of the United States, Barack Hussein Obama, talking about these uh, this leak and, and these these tax havens. What? Good. Before you play the clip, uh-huh. do you want to guess one location that they had in the United States? We're going to get into that. Don't, oh, don't, okay. don't say right, that. We're, we're going to get into that. Um, yeah, don't, don't bring it up. But Okay, okay so this is President Obama talking about the leaks and, um, you know, tax havens. Over the last couple of days, we've had another reminder uh, in this big dump of data coming out of Panama. <laughs> that t- he, said, <laughs> he said big dump. <laughs> um. Could you make a note of that? I think that goes on the soundboard. Yeah, maybe. We can put a mark, shall we? Tax avoidance is a big global problem. It's not unique to other countries because, frankly, there are folks here in America who are taking advantage of the same stuff. A lot of it's legal, but that's exactly the problem. It's not that they're breaking the laws. It's that the laws are so poorly designed that they allow people, if they've got enough lawyers and enough accountants, to wiggle out of responsibilities that ordinary citizens uh, are having to abide by. That's the crux of everything we always talk about on this podcast. Like if they, if, if you wanted to sum up one thing about this podcast, a lot of the shit that is being done is not actually illegal. It's legal. It's legalized bribery. It's legalized trickery. Like mm-hmm. you're talking about, it happens in war. It happens with lobbyists. The, why was the Bush administration allowed to skate? Why did they were they able to torture people? Because they did it, and then they had laws written that were like, no, it's fine. Why are they allowed to put their money in all these offshore accounts and skirt the system and not pay taxes? Because they have armies of lobbyists and lawyers that work on their behalf to be like, that's the law. It's yeah. fine. They buy politicians. That it's that is the fucking crux of the argument. And there is only one person in this election that is going to do anything to stop that. And it's Bernie Sanders. Yes. Okay? That's reality. Continue, Mr. President. Here in the United States, there are loopholes that only wealthy individuals and powerful corporations have access to. 
They have access to offshore accounts, and they are gaming the system. Middle-class families are not in the same position to do this. In fact, a lot of these loopholes come at the expense of middle-class families. Right. Because you wonder where the you wonder where the middle class is disappearing to. And why it's disappearing? This is why. These are the exact fucking reasons why. Because corporations are able to operate like people, right? Mm -hmm. That's the big argument. Corporations are not people. I feel extremely strongly about that. They're not. But they're able to operate that way. And when they're able to operate that way, they're able to shelter a lot of their money offshore and skirt the, the system and not pay their fair share. That's the real deal. If we're allowing them to operate, then they need to pay into the system that we all abide by. Otherwise, leave. Get out. We don't need you. Corporations used to only exist as part of a, a, a if they could prove that they were a public good. A lot of them do not serve a public good. We allow them to operate, but they need to be under the heel of the citizenry of this country. Otherwise, who? Wh- what do I give a shit how much money Jamie Dimon's making as, as, the, as the JP Morgan CEO? I don't care. I don't care. How much money do you, you think over the years have been hidden in these uh, off? The I have shows? I have that information. Yeah, that information. To, yeah, let's let Obama finish. Then we're gonna get into the American stuff that you wanted to talk about. Okay, this revenue has to be made up somewhere. Right. Yeah. Alternatively, see, th- this means- is see, this is why it got me so excited. Hey, I, you I sat the down last night. Yeah, I, I'm sh- I was so happy. I was like, couldn't contain myself. This, all the answers, like all the questions, all the arguments, it all comes out in this because it's so obvious. What? How come the middle class, how do you make up the tax revenue loss? You tax the middle class. You fuck the middle class. Mm-hmm. You take away benefits. You don't provide as much economic stability for them. You don't invest into infrastructure. You don't do the right things. You don't pay attention to the lead in the water because you can't afford to pay the uh, the EPA enough money to have people out there investigating this stuff. That's why it all it all yeah. falls into the uh, it all falls into place. It's like this is great. This is a jigsaw puzzle, Joey, and it's it's so clear now that we're not investing as much as we should in schools, in making college more affordable, in putting people back to work, rebuilding our roads, our bridges, our infrastructure. There you go. Right, I just said that. Good point, Barack. Children. So this is important stuff. There is no doubt that the problem of global tax avoidance generally is a huge problem. Um, a lot of this stuff is legal, not illegal. And unless uh, the United States and other countries lead by example in closing some of these loopholes and provisions, uh, then in many cases you can trace what's taking place, but you can't stop it. Uh, and uh, there's always going to be some illicit movement of funds around the world, but we shouldn't make it easy. We shouldn't make it legal to uh, engage in transactions just to avoid taxes. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, right? You, I, I think I saw something that it says that this goes back to 1970s. Oh, absolutely. This Mossack Fonseca has been around forever. Yeah, absolutely. They're a gigantic law firm. Yeah. So that's like 50 years. Yeah. Of hiding money that isn't taxable that just grows wealth. Of course. Yes. That's like, well, that's that's the problem. We're going to get into those numbers in a second. Oh, they're, they're staggering when you really get into it. The interesting thing, Joey, before we get into that so far, is that only about 200 people with U.S. addresses have been revealed as clients of Mossack Fonseca. Why is that? Well, I have a quote from Shruti Shah of the Transparency International, which is a um, an anti-corruption organization. This is her quote. You don't really have to go to Panama or other tax havens. They are not the only ones making it possible for corrupt officials and other criminals to launder their money. You can do it in every state in the U.S. Ooh. In every state in the U.S., you can incorporate an LLC, a limited liability company, or another legal entity, and you don't have to disclose who the beneficiary on it is. In fact, Delaware is so synonymous with anonymous companies and ghost corporations that it was named in Transparency International's Unmask the Corrupt campaign as one of the most symbolic cases of corruption. Delaware. 
Hmm. If I were to open a shell company, she continues, I wouldn't require any of those things, a driver's license, a utility bill, etc. I would actually need less information to open a shell company in the U.S. than I would need to get a driver's license or a library card. No state in the U.S. requires beneficial ownership information. So it's practically everywhere. Some states are easier than others. In some states, it's more money than others because they also have tax-friendly laws. Delaware and Nevada and Wyoming are infamous or famous, however you look at it, for their tax laws. Texas and Florida are equally easy. More than one, listen to this. You tell me who's crazy. Is it the bullshit that the corporations spew and all these like right-wing conservatives that are just in the pocket of the industry? Are they right or is this does this sound right to you? More than 1 million business entities have made Delaware their legal home. More than 50% of all publicly traded companies in the U.S., including 64% of the Fortune 500, have chosen Delaware as their legal home. Why would they do Ooh, that? Wow. Why would they do that? Because it's easy to hide the money. Right. Right. You they, can't follow the money if you can't find it. Yep. These people are operating as though they're not even citizens of, of, the, of the world. They're, they're operating as though they live on a, a different planet completely, and they just happen to be here because this is like they breathe air, so it's just easier to be here. But we're not going to give you people, you mortals, money. Fuck you. You figure it out. This is our money. We're, we're making this money. That's wow. the attitude. It's, it's obvious. It's what we talk about all the time, but when you get the actual facts of it, like that's why these leaks are so crucial. This is why it's so important. It's beautiful. I, re I really hope we find out who did leak it. We're going to find, I mean. But I'll be yeah. honest with you, if that comes out, they're probably dead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's going to be, uh, uh, so, and, absolutely. And, in all honesty, they're probably dead. Yeah, well, we'll see, I mean, we'll see what happens. You're right, but whoever leaked this is going to be like, fucking he fucked, for sure. I mean, look at the names that are coming up. And there's going to be plenty more names, but it's like even the ones that are already like, oh, you revealed Putin's $2 billion offshore shit. Like who, by the way, he's calling it Putin phobia. That's what this is. <laughs> he's like, no, they're just trying to attack me. Okay, buddy. The U.S. Listen to this, Joey. Mm -hmm. Then we're going to get into some of Glenn Greenwald's quotes from The Intercept, who I love Glenn Greenwald. He makes a lot of good points here. The U.S. ranks third on the Tax Justice Network's Financial Secrecy Index ranked according to secrecy and scale of offshore financial activities. Think that sounds about, about right. Yeah. Think about the people that can be implicated in this. Think about that. This is the list of Tax Justice Network's financial secrecy index from worst offenders, like people that do have the most offshore financial activities and, and secrecy to the, to the, in terms of the top 15. All right. Switzerland is number one. Uh -huh. Hong Kong, which we know, you know, you kind of figure Switzerland. Hong Swiss banks. Yeah. Yeah. Hong Kong is number two. The United States is number three. Ooh. Then Singapore, the Cayman islands, Luxembourg, Lebanon, Germany, Bahrain, the United Arab Emirates, Macau, Japan, then Panama, where all this shit is coming from, is number 13, huh. 10 spots after the United States, the Marshall Islands, and the United Kingdom. That's the list. There's going to be a lot more coming out with this, Joey, and it's crazy that it's not more front and center right now. And you're right, though. It's because who knows how many powerful people are implicated in this thing. Yeah, they're, they're going to try to keep it quiet, too. Of course. Well, yeah, this is a horrible thing. Well, it's like when MSNBC cuts away from Bernie talking about the TPP. Why? Oh, because the companies that own the media that he's we'll benefit on. benefit from it. Yeah, benefit from that thing. Here's some Glenn Greenwald quotes. Then I have a uh, couple of more stats, and then we're going to close out with Bernie and Hillary, just okay. the contrasting. We'll get into that in a minute. This is Glenn Greenwald talking about the uh, talking about the leaks. From the start of the reporting, based on Edward Snowden's leaked document archive, government defenders insisted that no illegal behavior was revealed. This was uh, That was always false. But illeg illegality was never the crux of the scandal triggered by those NSA revelations. Instead, what was most shocking was what had been legalized, the secret con construction of the largest system of suspicionless spying in human history. Now, obviously, he's talking about the NSA leaks here, but you see the parallel. And that's mm -hmm. that's something that we've talked about on the show where I've kind of urged people, once you see the pattern in one sector or one system, you can start to see that same pattern evolve in other systems. Spying, financial, uh, 
fossil fuel, whatever. You can, you can see it happening because it's the same. It's based on the same human nature, based on the same human elements of greed mm-hmm. and arrogance and what, whatever it is. But you can see it popping up all over the place. So Glenn Greenwald is drawing the um, drawing the uh, comparison between the NSA leaks and what's happening here. He continues. Some of these papers, uh, the, some of the Panama Papers, undoubtedly reveal criminality. Either monies that were illegally obtained and are being hidden for that reason or assets being concealed in order to criminally evade tax debts. But the crux of this activity, placing assets offshore in order to avoid incurring tax liability, has been legalized. That's because Western democracies, along with overt tyrannies, are typically controlled by society's wealthiest and laws are enacted to serve their interests. Yes. Proving that certain behavior is, quote, legal does not prove that it is ethical or just. That's because corrupted political systems, by definition, often pr- protect and legalize exactly the, behavior, exactly the behavior that is most unjust. Right. That's why it's so crucial to get money out of politics, because it's not a democracy anymore. It isn't. You're being ruled by wealthy and powerful people. And people can talk about conspiracies and how that's like, you know, a lot of... Um, interplay between these people there doesn't have to be because their 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 ideologies and their interests align once you get over a certain amount of money who are you going to hang out with you're not going to hang out with just the average joe you're going to hang out with people that have the same amount of money as you and those are the same people that you're going to be in rooms with all the time so naturally your your interests lie together and that's why there doesn't need to be this whole intricate conspiracy no it's just a natural occurrence of the wealthiest people getting together and doing what is in their interest, not in the interest of the vast majority of human beings that live on planet Earth. That's the reality. Wouldn't it be nice to be a fly on that wall? A what wall? Which wall? The, the, the wall when all the affluent rich people hiding their money get together and talk about it. Well, that's what I'm saying. They, they don't. They don't really have to get together that much, but, although they do because they're all in the UN or they're all heads of state or they're all... You know what I mean? Like... They're, they're naturally in the same room because they all know each other because they're the only people that they can hang out with. Who, that's my point. They're so at a level where, where they're just not amongst the common folk. That's the problem. You have this, this royal class of people around the world that, that are just out of touch with most of the rest of human society. And that's why they make laws that have nothing to do with what we actually want. That's why democracy is something you need to cherish and hold on to and rein in these corporations and don't let them spill their cash into our democracy. That's the fucking whole point of this whole thing. That, that's, that's the point of this podcast in a lot of ways. That's what we're always talking about. Man, I'm loving this. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not loving it. It's bad. but It's I'm very loving, bad. I'm loving that the information is out there because I think maybe something's going to change here. I mean, this has to change now. Although nobody's paying attention. All right. Uh, Gabriel Zuckman. This is what I want to talk about. These are some of the stats that you were asking. How yeah. much money, all this stuff. He's a Berkeley economist, and he wrote the book, The Hidden Wealth of Nations. The world's total financial worth. This is in 2014. Okay. okay. The world's total financial worth is $95.5 trillion as of 2014. So you're telling me that is the wealth of everything? Yes. If you took everything in the planet... That's what the total the accumulate the the net worth of the of Earth uh-huh. is ninety five point five trillion dollars. So I don't let's think say that's enough money. Well, let's say it's a hundred trillion, right? We'll, okay. we'll just adjust it for a couple of years. Zuckman believes eight percent or seven point six trillion dollars is quote missing. He's saying that there are more liabilities than assets on the national balance sheets. So it's not one dollar to one dollar. Mm. You have a liability. You claim a liability of a thousand. But some other country only has an asset of $500. So where that other $500 go? Oh, maybe it's hidden offshore in some cocksucker's bank account. This is the chart, all right? This, this, uh, this kind of explains it. It brings it into better relief here. The chart is offshore wealth and tax evasion, regional estimates in 2014. Offshore wealth in billions of dollars. Oh. Europe has $2.6 trillion of offshore wealth, Okay. That's a 10% share of all the wealth in the world. $78 billion in tax revenue is lost a year by just having that amount of money in offshore accounts. Wow. The United States, $1.2 trillion in offshore wealth. That's 4% of the entire world's wealth. 
$35 billion in tax revenue losses. Asia, $1.3 trillion. Latin America, $700 billion. Africa, $500 billion. Canada, $300 billion. Russia, $200 billion. The Gulf countries, $800 billion. For a total of $7.6 trillion worth of offshore wealth that is not in the global economy anymore, is not going to benefit the citizens of the countries that live there. It's $190 billion of tax revenue loss a year just Ugh. gone it's eight percent of the money in the world hidden and who's accessing it well it's the wealthiest among us the people that we choose to let us rule us that that's that's where it is huh yeah huh. it's fucking unbelievable finally joey let's get into this this is the potential impact already the Pan the panama i was gonna say the panama the panama papers could have on the 2016 presidential race this is a clip of sweet Bernie Sanders in 2011, which is five years ago, okay. talking about Panama and trade deals. I want to say this before we even get into it. This is what we're always talking about. Hillary tends to be right after the fact. She'll go, yeah, I thought that was the case, but now, no, I changed my mind. Yeah, yes, I did push for the TPP, but now, no. Bernie, on the other hand, it seems like is always ahead of the curve, Iraq, a number of different things. And this is one of those things. And this could be a huge game changer, especially when you got two weeks to talk about it before the New York primary, which we're going to get into a 2016 update in a second. But this is Bernie in 2011 talking about Panama. You ready? Yes. Let me say a word about the Panama Free Trade Agreement. Now, Panama is a very small country. Its entire uh, annual economic output is only $26.7 a year or about two-tenths of one percent of the American economy. So I think no one is going to legitimately stand up here and say that trading with such a small country uh, is going to significantly increase American jobs. Somebody did. I have that quote in a minute. Ooh. Then why would we? Why would we be considering a trade agreement with Panama? What's going on there? <laughs> well, it turns out, Mr. President, that Panama is a world leader when it comes to allowing wealthy Americans and large corporations to evade U.S. taxes by stashing their cash in offshore tax havens. Five years ago. Now, yeah. it's not that he didn't know about it before that, but this is when the trade agreement was going through, so he makes the speech. Five years ago. Mm -hmm. And the Panama Free Trade Agreement would make this bad situation much worse. Uh, as I'm a member of the Budget Committee, as you all, Mr. President, and we have heard testimony time and time again that our country is losing up to $100 billion every year as corporations stash their money in postal addresses in the Cayman Islands, Bermuda, and in Panama. And this trade agreement makes that situation even worse. According to Citizens for Tax Justice, quote, a tax haven has one of three characteristics. It has no income tax or a very low rate income tax. It has bank secrecy laws, and it has a history of non-cooperation with other countries on exchanging information about tax matters. Panama has all three of those, and they are probably the worst, end of quote, according to Citizens for Tax Justice. The trade agreement with Panama would effectively bar the United States from cracking down on illegal and abusive offshore tax havens in Panama. In fact, combating tax haven abuse in Panama would be a violation of this free trade agreement exposing the U.S. to fines from international authorities. Oh, that's oh, convenient. So they passed a trade agreement with Panama legalizing offshore tax havens and actually prohibiting the United States from doing anything about it. That's weird. It's almost like the industry wrote that legislation, right? Yeah. That's like wealthy people paid for that to happen. Huh. It's weird. It's almost like all of these things make sense together when you start to put the put the pieces together. It's weird. Yeah. It's uh, it's like it's like exactly what we're saying. It's weird. And it's not like I fucking made all this happen. I'm just saying like you read about it, there's people that are onto this shit and it's the truth. There's no denying it. How could you possibly deny it? Let Bernie finish, then we're going to close yeah. with Hillary's quote. What god? I'm just going to say the game changer the internet really is is amazing. Absolutely. It's the it is the true equalizer. 
Yeah, it's the true equal equalizer. It's the it's the it's the hive mind. It's it's the the true ability for humans to connect. This is the global. The internet is the global economy. The the free the ability to trade information. Fuck money and economy and all that stuff. The ability to communicate and share experience and connect the dots with people all over the world. That's the true true. Uh, democratize that's the thing that that's going to create democracy the, the free exchange of ideas absolutely well at a time when we have a 14 trillion dollar plus national debt and at a time when we are frantically figuring out ways to try to lower our deficit some of us believe that it is a good idea to do away with all of these tax havens by which the wealthy and large corporations stash their money abroad and avoid paying U.S. taxes. The Panama Trade Agreement would make that goal uh, even more difficult. Okay, so Bernie Sanders, 100% on the right side of history. Uh, it seems like the guy tends to be there, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, could that be any clearer? I mean, he's saying, like, what is what, what was just revealed? He's like, I know this is happening. We, why are we allowing this to go down? It's like he knew that this report was going to come out. Yeah, well, that's the thing. He See, that that's the difference. He doesn't have to know the report's going to come out. He knows what's right and wrong, right. and he says it. Hillary needs to wait for the report to come out to be like, oh, this is a problem. Like, But, but... We have a clip of Hillary? We don't have a clip. We have a quote. This is Hillary okay. Clinton on the Panama trade agreement in 2011. The very one that Bernie Sanders is saying essentially legalizes offshore tax havens and is a bad idea and we shouldn't do it. This is Hillary Clinton. The free trade agreements passed by Congress tonight will make it easier for American companies to sell their products to South Korea, Colombia, and Panama, which will create jobs here at home. How? That was what Barney was saying. It's, a, it's insane. That's mm-hmm. not logical. The Obama administration is constantly working to deepen our economic engagement throughout the world, and these agreements are an example of that commitment. The stakes are not just economic. South Korea, Colombia, and Panama are three important partners in strategically vital regions. With the passage of these agreements, America has delivered for our friends and allies. Yeah, the corporations and our fucking rich benefactors. I want to thank Presidents Lee Santos and Martinelli for their patience and willingness to partner with the Obama administration as these agreements move through Congress. But our work is not done yet. We will not be content until these agreements are fully implemented so that American exporters can reap the benefits as soon as possible. That is unbelievable. Is it? That's not unbelievable at all. Of course. Of course Hillary w- agreed with it. That's what I'm talking about. These are these are tangible. Forget the shit they say in debates. Forget all the rhetoric, all the subway rides that we're going to take through the Bronx to prove that we're down to all earth. All the sound bites. All the sound bites. This is tangible shit. She's on the wrong side. She's on the wrong side. It's that's the difference. We don't have to pretend. We have facts. She's on the wrong side, everybody. You might as well vote for Ted Cruz. Yeah, maybe maybe too far, but uh-huh. you know what I mean? Yes. She's on the wrong side of this thing. I wish we like could find out the exact amount she got for voting yes on that trade deal. Well, she was Secretary of State. But the point is you go like in in America and why I'm talking about it not as a democracy, you don't get to those positions of power without doing some fucking backward shit. She didn't get paid for it. Although the Clinton Global Initiative is going to be another interesting story. We'll, we'll, Ooh, I can't wait for that If their money is tied up in that somehow. Oh. Which would be a f- game over. But that's pure speculation. We'll just see what happens. But I'm just saying, all these gigantic firms that have do global business, I, I bet they're tied up in it somehow. It would just seem to make sense, because why wouldn't they be? She didn't get paid for it. The power is her payment. Being in power is her payment. I'm the Secretary of State. I'll do whatever you want. Not whatever you want, but it's like, yeah, I'm willing to play ball. I want yeah. to be the Secretary of State. I want to be president. I'll take your your blood money, Goldman Sachs. Absolutely. Love it. I love power. It's not about money for her. It's about power. Yeah, we got to write that one down. All right. Any final thoughts on it, Joey? Uh, it's 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 scaring the shit out of me, I'll be honest. Why should it? Why? This, it, look, don't be scared of the truth. This is what it is. It should be scary to you the shit you don't know about. That's the that's what's bad. That's why I support people like Snowden. I support Chelsea Manning and, and Julian Assange and whoever this person is that leaked this shit. Thank you. Yeah. We can only make informed decisions with information. If we don't have this information, how are we ever going to legislate against it? You can't. You can't do anything about it. So this is a positive step forward, I think, in human history. This is a big deal. Um, and we're just going to keep our eye on it and we'll see where it goes. Um 
Let's get to that 2016 update in just one second. Hey guys, it's Jeremy Roenick here. Are you a hockey fan? Do you like interviews with some of the biggest names in sports? Then we are the podcast for you. It's the Roenick Life Podcast with J.R. and Jaffe. Join me and Billy Jaffe each week as we give you our takes and opinions on the NHL and just about everything else in between. We'll talk hockey a lot, but we even may dip into other sports, politics, and entertainment. Nothing is off limits. It's Roenick Life Podcast with J.R. and Jaffe. New episodes publish every Tuesday morning. Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, and we are now on Spotify. Don't miss it. All right, Joey, you ready for a goddamn great 2016 update? Hit me with Wisconsin. On Tuesday night, Senators Ted Cruz and Bernie Sanders won their respective presidential primaries in Wisconsin, pushing America ever closer to a barn burner summer, facing the very real possibility of two contested nominating conventions. Woo! I'm so excited, Joey. I'm so excited. This is very, it's been a very exciting week. Yes, it has been. You want to hear what Ted Cruz and then Bernie Sanders had to say about their victories in Wisconsin? I have to hear Ted Cruz again? All right. Yes. Play it. What, one thing I would note. All right. Here's Ted Cruz at the podium after beating Donald Trump's brains in in Wisconsin. No, this, let, him, let him revel in the moment. Let's let the music play. Uh, I like that's a nice jam. Here's what I uh. It is a rallying cry. It is a call from the hardworking men and women of Wisconsin to the people of America. We have a choice, a real choice. The national political terrain began to change two weeks ago. In the state of Utah, we won 69% of the vote, a landslide election. Little known fact, Utah is very conservative. They actually lowered the uh, the win total from 69 to 68.9. They just didn't want to say it. it they're a little conservative. Mm-hmm. Winning every <laughs> single delegate in the state. Then just three days ago in Colorado, two congressional districts voted. Once again, they elected six delegates, and of those six delegates, we won all six. And then two days ago in North Dakota, we had another tremendous win. They elected their delegates. Of the delegates who have specified their support, 18 are supporting our campaign. One is supporting Donald Trump. All right, so that's Cruz after the Wisconsin victory. Bernie, this is him. Momentum. With our victory tonight in Wisconsin, we have now won seven out of eight of the last caucuses and primaries. No, please keep this a secret. Do not tell Secretary Clinton she's getting a little nervous, and I don't want her to get more nervous. But I believe we've got an excellent chance to win New York and a lot of delegates in that state. And we all have an excellent chance to win in Oregon and to win in California. I think that a lot of these super delegates are going to be looking around them and that are going to be saying, which candidate has the momentum? Which candidate is bringing out huge numbers of people and creating huge... <laughs> which candidate can bring out large numbers of people... <laughs> See, I can't use the word huge anymore. It's out of my vocabulary. But we will win in November if there is a large voter turnout. We have a path toward victory, a path toward the White House. 
<clears throat> All right, so that's Bernie Sanders in Wyoming. Would you like the vote totals? And then we're going to refer to the classic uh, Nate Silver delegate tracker that we always go to. Yeah? Yes. Ted Cruz, 48.2% of the vote in Wisconsin, 36 delegates. Donald John Trump, 35.1% of the vote, six delegates. Uh, John Kasich, 14.1% of the votes, no delegates. On the Democratic side, Bernie Sanders, 56.6% of the vote, 48 delegates. Hillary Clinton, 43.1% of the vote, 38 delegates. Bear in mind, the New York primary, the the biggest one of the election, and, and really, if Hillary can win it, probably ends this momentum. If Bernie wins New York, I th- I think, I'm starting to say it, will win the will win the nomination. Hmm. It's that big a turning point I think at this point. That's April 19th. So there's two full weeks of campaigning in New York. I can't wait. It's going to be such an exciting couple of weeks. Now, do you have the um the the chart about him overperforming? Yes, Joe, that's what I'm referring to. Okay. So, I have that here. Now, these are the revised numbers. This is from the article it's really hard to get Bernie Sanders 988 more delegates from 538.com. I urge you guys to check this out. Now, we talked about it. We said we know the percentage that he needs to get, that he needs to beat Hillary by in order to get the proper number of delegates that, that he needs, right? Mm-hmm. So let's go to Wisconsin. Orig- there's 86 delegates available in Wisconsin. Originally, Nate Silver had Bernie needing 48 delegates. He revised it to 50 delegates. No. All right. He said Bernie needed to win by 16 points. Now, if you were just listening to what I said, Bernie did not win by 16 points. He actually only won by, well, whatever, 14 points, something like that, roughly 14 points. However, he got 48 out of the 50 delegates he needed. Mm -hmm. So he didn't overperform, but he got 48 out of 50. Hillary got 38 out of 38 that she needed. I'm going to go ahead and say that's fine. It's two delegates off. He needs to make that up somewhere else. But in a state where, say, he's going to win by 30 points, if he wins by 32 points, he'll be fine. Yeah, like he He'll make it. that up. So he did very well. The, the main thing is heading into New York, right, because this is the next big one, and I think it's critically important to this whole thing. 247 delegates available. Bernie needs 128 of those. He needs to win New York by four points. Okay? Uh-huh. That's all you got to keep your eye on when the results come in. And we're going to talk about it over the next couple of weeks. But if Bernie Sanders wins New York by five points, six points, seven points, God willing, he's on double his way. digit number, for, he's more than on his way because it'd be reversing the, the polls. He'd get more delegates than he needs there. And then how could you possibly deny that his, not, that his momentum is real? You, you couldn't. And a lot of the superdelegates are probably going to have to rethink their position, which they probably will. You could be looking at a dual contested conventions which is just oh, awesome. mwah, delicious ah oh, I, can't, I can't wait i mean how cool joey i mean this is really what democracy is this is what it should be yes right i mean there's actual options here so that's really good that's what we should be looking forward to uh meanwhile this is interesting too bernie is actually going to win the nevada caucuses after 55 percent of county level delegates are set to support him not hillary at the state convention on may 14th hmm. if you remember bernie lost nevada by a you know whatever a handful of points but actually they have like a second convention in may and the delegates are like nope there's too much momentum for bernie we're gonna we're gonna vote for him so 55 percent of them are gonna vote for bernie which is great oh take that hillary yeah so he just keeps winning he keeps winning shit that he's already lost that's, that's almost impossible <laughs> Uh, so pretty cool. So a big week for Bernie and actually a really big week for Ted Cruz. This is what I have here. According to the data collection and prediction site, predictwise.com, the percentage chance of a contested GOP convention is at four, 74%. Oh, that's high. It's very high. Also, according to Politico, the Donald Trump campaign is in disarray. This is a direct quote from Politico. Donald Trump's campaign is increasingly falling into disarray as the Manhattan billionaire braces for a loss in Wisconsin that could set him on a course for an uncertain convention floor fight for the Republican presidential nomination. Obviously, this article came out the day before Wisconsin. We know he lost now. Since March, this is also very telling, Joey. What? Right from the start of this thing, what did I keep saying? He's not spending any money, though. It's weird. He's mm-hmm. getting a lot of media attention, which we've yes. talked about. But he's really only put like $17 million into the campaign. It doesn't seem like 
That's enough money to do it. Well, this is interesting. Since March, the campaign has been laying off field staff en masse around the country and has dismantled, dismantled much of what existed of its organizations in general election battlegrounds, including Florida and Ohio. Does that sound like the work of somebody that's actually going to be president? No. It also sounds like they're going to be manned down for New York. Uh, absolutely. Well, he does probably doesn't need that much help in New York because it's his home state and all that bull- bullshit. But right, he's he's taking apart the infrastructure, the ground game that was already wonky around the country. He's taking it apart now. Why? Well, he doesn't want to waste any more money. That's so weird for a guy that's self-funding and really wants to be president. Wouldn't it seem like he'd be pouring more money into it now? Maybe he will next week. Yeah, I don't think so. It seems like he's breaking it apart because he knows it's not going to happen, and he's not really running to begin with. This is what we've been saying all along and you know it appears like that that is slowly becoming the case i just what he's just going through the emotions of all this it seemed easy at first he poured enough money in that he thought he probably had his head like all right i'll spend 20 million dollars i'll sell some hats we'll see how it goes he won more primaries than he thought he was going to win so he kept it going but now it's becoming clear that it's very real possibility he's not going to win they're not going to let him be the nominee he's like well why would i keep funding all these people to sit in Florida and try to campaign for me when I'm not even going to be in the general election. Fuck it. Hmm. He's, he's starting to put the pieces together of like, ah, let's go back to being rich. It's fine. Hmm. I, I got to go protect my tax savings anyway with this whole Panama Papers thing. This is Joey. We're going to close this 2016 update with probably my favorite clip of Hillary Clinton I've ever seen. Okay. It is Hillary Clinton and a Greenpeace activist. She just gave a speech or something at a rally, and she's walking by, like, shaking hands, maybe signing some autographs, and this Greenpeace person is filming it, and they ask her a question, and Hillary's reaction, you get to see... The Hil- true Hillary? You get to see the real side of Hillary Clinton that she tries very hard to pretend doesn't exist, but, man, does she come across as a real angry, angry, nasty person, and lies also, which Ooh. we're going to... Um, you know we're gonna we're gonna break that down right after we watch the clip. It's a very quick clip. Um, if you guys are watching on YouTube, it's YouTube.com/slash/mandatory/sam, so you can check out the clip. Otherwise, just look for Hillary Clinton reacting to a Greenpeace uh, fossil fuel activist, whatever. It's really worth watching because you get to see a real nasty side of Hillary Clinton. The the person's asking, will you uh, act on your word to? you know, not take fossil fuel money in the future and like actually be a, you know, a, a, an activist for this cause. She shoves her finger Ooh. in the activist's face and goes, I'm so sick of the Sanders campaign lying. I don't take money from the fossil fuel industry. Do you not Hillary? First of all, Nasty, right? They should Very be showing nasty. that to you because it's like that's not the uh, we need more love, right? Oh, do do we? Is love shoving your nasty finger in somebody's face? Uh, I don't think so. Hillary, Joey, if you had to guess, how much money has Hillary received so far in this election from the fossil fuel industry? Twenty-five million. Uh, well, no, that's an absurd amount. She's received okay. four and a half million dollars from the fossil fuel industry, which is different. Then no money, which is what she just said she took, mm-hmm. and that the Sanders campaign is lying. Now, a lie, clearly a lie. She's taking money from the fossil fuel industry. And this goes back to the whole fracking clip that we played, which I really loved, where she equivocated about, oh, maybe I'll allow fracking in certain cases if they meet this criteria. And Bernie was like, no, I do not support fracking. Easy, because mm-hmm. he's not taking any money from them. Or so you think. I was actually really disappointed. I did a little research. Turns out, Bernie, too, has also taken money from the fossil fuel industry. Oh, Do you want to know how much money Bernie's taking from the fossil fuel industry? $100,000? Oh. Oh. Uh, Bernie Sanders has taken $24 as a personal donation from this guy, Nathan Cosman, who's a lobbyist for a group that represents some fossil fuel industry groups. That's a stretch, then. Yeah, it's so I was uh, sandbagged you, right? It's yeah, like yeah. Bernie's not really taking any money from anybody. $24, $4.5 million, but she's sick of the Sanders campaign making up truths, I guess, about her campaign. She just doesn't like it. Fat, I, I, oh, I love it. This has been a good news day, man. Yes, I'm very been. excited. This has been a fun episode. We're not done yet. I got a couple of like quick hits that we'll get to, but I figured okay. why bury the lead this week? We got a lot of good shit to get into here. Wow. And any thoughts about the 2016 update? I mean, that, a lot of information. That's good stuff. Thoughts about New York? Anything? What do you think, Joey? 
Well, New York is definitely going to be. You know, New York might be the game changer. Well, it ha- I mean, it has to be. Every state kind of has to be the game changer for him. You know, he needs to stay ahead. Um, I was reading today that Trump needs, and I didn't mention Trump much this mm. episode, he needs to win like 60% of the rest of the votes available, which is going to be impossible. Like, he's not going to be able to do that. Convention time. Right. You're going to get to the convention. It's going to be more than two ballots. Who knows? Uh, it's going to be a whole disaster. But he's not, he's not in it to win it. He doesn't care. If Bernie can win New York... I think the momentum is shifted, like you keep bringing up every week. There's only one candidate there whose numbers only go down, Mm -hmm. and it seems like it might be Hillary Clinton. So we'll see what happens. Um, All right. A couple of quick hits, and then we'll we'll wrap up this thing, because I think this is a good episode. It's a lot of information. We don't have to drag it out too much longer. Drone regulation. You ready for this? Mm -hmm. A committee sponsored by the U.S. government is recommending standards that would clear the way for commercial drone flights. Um in the u.s over populated areas hmm we know that like amazon has already started doing this type of stuff news crews are going to want this police are going to want this type of stuff in in civilian areas sounds like a lot of surveilling it does definitely sound like that there's no question about it that's something we're gonna have to keep our eye on but it also sounds like it's going to be a lot of uh these little robots flying around the world uh, pretty soon. Drones would have to fly 20 feet over people's heads, 10 feet away from them laterally, so side to side. So 20 feet up and 10 feet away, which I don't really even know how that would be possible in a city like New York. Uh, You'd have to figure it out. Um, And they would have to certify that a 1% or less chance that the max force of the drone would cause a serious injury. So it would have to, like, they'd have to prove essentially that, like, you're not going to be able to injure somebody when they're traveling at their max speed and force. Wouldn't that be tough? Because I'm thinking it's what a half a pound. I don't know. They range in in weight. I don't know. We could look that up. Uh, let me see. If, I don't know. Let me see if it says it in the article here. See, because I'm thinking if something's twenty feet above you, it falls straight down on you. That, that could four be four to five painful. pounds, something like that. Four to five pounds. It says. Okay. It's like an average one for these drugs, but obviously there's much bigger ones. You're right, though. The the uh, the surveillance thing is the, is going to be the issue there because obviously they're going to be equipped with cameras. I mean, yeah. certainly the news crews ones are going to have cameras on it. Who's going to be able to access that information? Who's going to be able to hack it? Is the NSA going to have it? Ooh. Will you be able to... Because that, that, that opens the door to an invasion of privacy type of thing or where you have a right to privacy. Is it a safety? Is it a security thing? Is a news crew just capturing uh, something happening? Is that enough to then come and arrest you or question you or be yeah if you're caught doing again. something yeah. well not even caught doing something if it looks like you did something huh. right so it opens a lot of stuff but okay i think it's a reality i think we're going to be facing uh sooner rather than later right yes okay uh the next quick hit we got here climate change could cut the value which we've been talking a lot about the the net worth of the planet earth and all this stuff Climate change could cut the value of the world's financial assets by $2.5 trillion, according to the first economic modeling about the effect of climate change globally. Mm -hmm. Losses could reach as high as $24 trillion, or 17% of the world's total assets. Oh. Which, by the way, if that's the case, we might want to get that $7 trillion in that offshore money out of there, so that way we could pay off some of this stuff instead of just leaving it in the hands of uh, Vladimir Putin for no reason, right? Huh. Yeah, I, it's fun because I, I, I like that story. I mean, it's a horrifying thing and we're going to be fucked, but I like that it kind of goes hand in hand with the other stuff that we're talking about this week. Yeah, it's just money being lost. Well, it's money that is being sheltered that rightfully belongs through taxes and tax code to citizens of the world. And if it's not there... Where is the money going to come from to pay for the damage that is done? Potentially, you don't even pay for it. You just let people fucking die. That's an issue, right? Do we really value the money, the monetary value of different corporations around the world over the public good? The public good? No. Maybe some people do. Maybe that's an argument that capitalists want to make where it's like, look, free market. The free market's got to be the free market. We can't, we can't do that. If some Lebanese kids drown or whatever it is, like, well, look, they, they made it fair and square. They have these taxes. No, that's insane. That's an insane thing. We're on a rock in space where we only have each other. That's it. This whole monetary thing is completely fucking made up. It's not a real thing. Breath is a real thing. Not drowning is a real thing. That shit we actually have to pay attention to. And it's immoral 
to, to let this continue this way, right? Think of that. If global change doesn't change... If global what? If global change doesn't change. You know, if we yeah, don't if change... Like the global, right, the way we operate globally, yeah. 17% of the world's assets, gone. Well, that's a, that's a high estimate. But even say it's 5% of the world's assets, or whatever it is. Like, it's trillions of dollars worth of damage that's going to happen and and where is that money going to come from it's just going to it just creates a, a horrific ripple effect throughout the global economy people's lives whatever like that's why we like we talked about last week that's why laws are in place you can take a motion out of it we have to put in laws that actually work for the people of the world the majority of the people for the world i'm sorry if you can't offshore that extra $6 million you wanted this year. You owe $5 million in taxes. Pay it. That's how it works. Period. I, I don't feel bad for people that have billions of dollars. They're going to complain about the money that they have to pay in taxes. Okay. Well, that's unfortunate. That's the system you live in. And you benefit from that fucking system. And the people of this world are the reason you're making that amount of money to a large extent. So fucking deal with it. This, this isn't an Ayn Rand novel. We don't live in a Atlas Shrugged. So let's let's... Let's get realistic about this stuff. Ooh, good reference. Thank you. Thank you, Joey. Um, social progress. Let's close with this. Um, governors of New York and California, Andrew Cuomo and Jerry Brown, signed off on a $15 minimum wage this week. It will affect 60 million Americans. Thoughts on that, Joey? Finally. Yeah. You think it's a good thing, the $15 minimum wage? I could un. I think at the end, it's going to screw over a few people. Who? Who do you think? The employees. Because I could see a lot of people who used to be full-time being cut to part-time because of the health insurance. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's definitely going to be things that need to be put in place to protect people for that reason. That That is kind of an argument against the $15 minimum wage. I, look, I think if if you're working full-time hours, if you have a full-time job in this country... You should be able to live off that. You shouldn't be on food stamps or whatever. You shouldn't need assistance. You should be able to. And I mean, look, some people are going to need that anyway. I'm not saying you can't get it. But I think if you're working full-time hours, you should be getting paid enough that you don't need to be dependent on government or whatever. And you're doing the right thing. So you got you to gotta make it work. But to your point, right, again, going back to the morality of corporations and different shit, they're just going to try to maximize their profits as much as possible. So if they have to pay people $15 an age, an hour for, for, for minimum wage work, yeah, they're going to cut hours. They're going to cut other benefits. And they just offering. have more people do it. Yeah. Um, so, yes, but but we'll, we'll see where it goes. I mean, I think it's a nice start, and I think it's great. California and New York, you know, the two really important states in this country. Hopefully it leads to uh, a, a change around the world, and hopefully when Bernie Sanders is president, we all have free health care and shit. You know, that'll be nice. Hmm. Uh, final thing, San Francisco became the first municipality to mandate that employers offer fully paid uh, maternity leave or or really paternal leave. I think pay, uh, fathers can actually mm -hmm. get it as well. Um, yeah, uh, of course. You want to raise people that are actually good people and are, are good citizens and people that matter in this country. They need to have their parents around when they're born. I mean, it's, I think, six weeks. I think they mandate it. So it's not like some crazy amount of time. In, mo in European countries, in France, I think you get a year paid. Oh, nice. They're like, go take care of the kid. Yeah. That's what you should be doing. We don't want them to grow up to be little psychos now, do we? That's a little harsh. Well, there is a percentage of people that grow up to be like little weirdos because they don't have anybody around to raise them or teach them what's going on. There's just no time to do that. Of course, if you have a kid, you should. Of course, you should have paid maternity leave. What are you talking about? Right? I mean, it was, again, it's, it's, it's weighing the economy and economic shit over being human. Having a kid, having a family, raising that kid, be, you know, teaching them things, passing on your experience and knowledge and all that stuff, that's being human. That's what it is. Working at Shell... I don't know. To me, it just seems less important. Like, obviously, work is important. You need to, like, have a purpose and, and do the thing. But family and having time to spend time with that family is probably paramount to all that stuff you know it's, it's more important yeah but i'm pretty sure that the job really doesn't care about you spending time with the newborn child well that's the thing the job doesn't have to care i don't care whether the job cares there's a law in place that says you have to let me do it so tough shit you gotta fucking deal with it that's that's the important we need to start going back to a place or potentially start i don't even know if there was a, a time in this country when, when that was the case but we need to start legislating 
based on humanity, not based on economics or based on things that we created. There's a, there's a natural draw to your children and wanting to be around them. And there's a natural draw of your children to you that they need to be around you. They learn a lot in the first days of being alive. They, they are imprinted with a lot of, of the shit that's going to affect them later in life. It's crucial. You don't need to be at work. It's not that important. Let's, Let's slow the global economy down a little bit. Well, what, what's the rush? Why don't we try to figure out why we're here, what we're doing here, how we can make the world a better place? We'll get to the stock market. We'll get, it'll get there. Yeah. Why, what, 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 let's just chill. Yeah, it's not how it is, though, because... It's not how it is. Time is but money. But it's how it could be. Well, yeah, see, these are made-up words that okay. monkeys make with their mouths. It doesn't matter. It's just a phrase that we've chosen to say. Time is money. We could just say money will happen over time. There, I just changed it. There you go. It's a totally different meaning. Like, it's all shit that we're making up. If we as a society, as a species, as a culture, decided, you know what? Work doesn't start till noon. We could do that. We don't have to start at 7 a.m. You know what I mean? It's like, these are all things that are negotiable. Everything's negotiable. We can figure it out. It's just a matter of being engaged and understanding what is the best way to do it, not what is the way that is going to make the most money. But also, you could figure that out, too. Right? I mean, it's all possible. All possibilities exist. It's just people get stuck in a rhythm and stuck in a system and stuck in an idea. Like you just said, time is money. Like, that's just a pre programmed thing that people say. You don't actually have to say those things. That's a nonsense. We can say things that actually matter and actually affect everybody in a much more positive way. And that's the message that I would like to impart on the Samsonites at the end of this episode. Pretty good, right, Joey? Good episode? Yes, great episode. We're going to keep our eye on these Panama Papers. Um, uh, you know, uh, obviously there's going to be a lot more shit coming out there and uh, we're, we're going to have that information for you. Would you like to say anything in finality to the uh, Samsonites? Guys, time is going to get very interesting. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We, we live in very fascinating times, Joey, and it feels good to be alive. I'm very excited to be here uh, with you and all the Samsonites that are listening and Shelby and Lily. Thank you for being mm-hmm. here producing the show. Uh, guys, listen, Go on iTunes, subscribe, rate, leave a comment on the, uh, you know, for this podcast on there. That'd be great. Go to soundcloud.com slash mandatory Samson. You can subscribe or follow us on there. Leave a comment on the track if you'd like, and I would respond to that uh, in due time. YouTube.com slash mandatory Samson. You can watch this podcast stream live every Thursday at 4 p.m. And you can also watch all the old, um, you know, full episodes that I put up the video of that. Uh, that was like a Sarah Palin sentence that didn't really make hmm. any sense, but I say it every week and you know what I'm talking about. Twitter.com slash mansamp. That's me. Twitter.com slash Joey from Jersey. Jersey is spelled with a Z. That's Joseph Noe. Same name on Snapchat for both of us. Instagram. We're going to forget Joey's for now because he messed it up. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can find me at mansamp really anywhere you'd like. Look, I love you guys. Uh, I think we're all going to be okay. And I'll definitely talk to you next week. <laughs> <laughs>